to In the Back Pocket. Georgie Parker here, joined by Sportsbet's finest, Brendan Goddard. Brendan, nice to George, see you. Hello. And, of course, Nathan Thank Brown are joining me as the first time you've ever always. thrown to me first year. Well, is that deliberate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a bit of a joke. Sports bit finer since you went to you and me. So a little yeah. pause there. It was, a, it was a joke off the top. Well, I thought she meant both of us are yeah. pretty fine indeed, but it's yeah. the first time she threw to me, which I enjoyed. Oh, so thank you. He, don't he, think he, 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 took, he took offence to that too. 15 love. 15 love, yeah. Georgie Parker, tick. Um, how are we all? You're, you're well? You're not flat at all about anything that happened on the weekend? Uh, no, I'm okay. No, you're yeah. not okay. Just okay. Obviously, yeah. we're always watching here at Sportsbet. Just listening. Sure. Yeah. Listening. What do you got? And particularly you with one of your other jobs, you call footy on the fine station of Triple M. I do. Yes, and There's the best game of the round, Collingwood and Essendon. Yep. Great game. You didn't look that Incredible happy. Incredible game. Incredible finish. Yeah. You? Um, Side 50. He's so, going to go in that direction. Can he take it? Oh! Lee Montagna, oh, everyone in the box. He takes the mark. Where The siren will go. Just enjoying the moment. Love this moment. Look really concerned. So, the kick is on the Look, there's a smile. Really? Just happy with the way Joey's calling it. Oh. I don't know about that. Selfless, selfless role. Just let Joey have his time. Do you, did you hate having to hand over first leads? Well, the moment's not a new. You got your former coach clacking and like clacking up the back, like uh, I'm not sure what he was going on about. And then Duck all Duck said was, "Well, he can't play on, can he?" So, so oh, thanks to the scoop, so Duck, why, he can't play on. The sirens gone. Why, why are you not up and about in the box? Though? So was there any we reason? had an email during the week to say that after the Sam Draper goal last week, don't jump over the top of the the player calling the play. Allow the space to call it. So I passed it to Joey, and then I was just hoping that Joey did a great job, and he did a you're, fantastic job. You're allowed to react, job. though. You're allowed you, to you, react. Might, you, you don't have to jump over I'm a calm, the top I'm a calm man. And ruin these moments, but you can actually react. Okay. I've got to remember those awesome. cameras are there. Did you, <laughs> I forgot the cameras were there. Did you get any um, feedback from any Instagram? A lot of feedback, and everybody, uh, strangely enough, thought that I was on the Bombers. And so this I is... actually, to the point where I had to actually put out a, a thing on Instagram and then Triple M pinned this, so I looked flat, most of the people asking. No, I didn't back the Bombers. Everyone I asked, did I back the Bombers? It looked like I'd ru ruin my weekend, the Bombers not winning. Do you, you, do you remember old? him against about this yeah. match last week? Because I really think you memory. are a big, fat liar because this is you on our show last week, Nathan Brown. Felt like I disrespected Essendon last week um, and my former teammate and great mate, Daniel Dean Sucusa, certainly let me know about it did after he? the game, yeah? Oh, and uh, he said the Bombers are on the right track. So um, I'm going to back him in this week. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Mm. It doesn't mean anything. Really. <laughs> I mean, I didn't actually say the Bombers would win. I I'm said gonna, I'm going to back, back my mate in. in. I'm going to back them back in. my mate in. Gia. Oh, here we go. In he thinks they're going okay. Yeah. In regards to the no, Bombers going because okay, there's plenty I, of ways I can line myself out of that one too. Because yeah. I was, I was the one that said Collingwood one to thirty nine. If the you most remember that. Thing you got to do is remember what lies you've told. <laughs> and you're not overly good at that. And different networks, you're going to be picking and choosing who you're backing. Well, if you back every team, just like you back every player in the twenty disposals, then you can really, you can never lose. But Correct. let's get into that. Hang on, George. That's that's thirty love. Just, just, just That's a good start. Good start for you guys. Okay, so we're doing the Value Hunters. Value Hunters, this is where you make your money. That is. So 20 plus disposals first of all. We've got two pages of the 20 plus disposals. Um, and the ones highlighted there, so Nick Bluston has done it every game this year bar one. Yet he's still over that $1.50 mark. Jack Scrimshaw has had a really good three weeks. So I'm very keen on um, 
that man again, Nick Lawson, again this week. Jordan Degowie is back, so he's a pretty good price to get 20-plus disposals, so he should be able to. Robbie Fox another one. You might not have heard of Robbie, Robbie Fox, Fox too much, but uh, he's in there, and now where I make my name, the 25-plus disposals. And huge McCluggage is unbelievable at the moment. Bailey Dale yesterday was $1.53, so first time he'd been over $1.50 in a long time. Obviously, the market saw that, and they've gone hard at Bailey Dale early on in the week. Jack Viney had a wonderful uh, part of the year. Dylan Shield as well. But Chad Warner, still $1.95 to wow. do that. Look at that. And I'm going to be backing Dylan Moore again, playing more midfield time in there. So Dylan about the goals, Moore. My and friend. two plus goals. Aaron Norton does it quite often. Charlie Cameron appears to be the value there. And Todd Marshall, I've been backing every week. So, um, And then on the other page, uh, Josh Kennedy. He's, oh, he's still going, is it? It's going really <laughs> well. It's, still, it's a lot of value, uh, BJ, if you can find it. And I found it. And you found it, as you do every week, Nathan. Well, let's go into Fremantle and Melbourne. This is a Friday night match, and this is a big, big match. We discussed off-air that this is huge for Melbourne. They could potentially drop out of the top four after this match. So, Nathan, I want you to take us into the coach's box. Yes, let's go into the coach's box and this game. So, Melbourne, quite clearly, last year, were top three all year in the pressure rating. Now, whether you take that stat... Um, Seriously or not, they're still top three. So it's the same measurement this year as what it was last year. They're 15th or 16th this year in the pressure rating. It, it, it can mean that you know, you've got the ball more often than the opposition, which I don't think is the case in the, it's particularly the last eight weeks because they were in the top half of that bracket at the start of the year. Now, last week against the Dogs, they didn't lay one tackle inside their forward 50. And that was what really made them last year. So you think of Pickett last year, you think of Spargo, Neil Bullen, the amount of pressure they put on in that forward 50. The week before against Port, they only had six. You have to actually go back to the Brisbane game where they had 17, where they've had more tackles inside their forward 50 than the other side. So it's pretty simple for me this week. And if I'm Simon Goodwin, I'm saying, where has that gone? Where have we gone away from that? Why have we gone away from that? Because that's what built our football club into this premiership hopeful dynasty that we've got. Does that tie in then? Does that correlate to the form of the forwards in particular too? Because the ball's not spending... The ball's going out quite easily and they're not getting multiple entries. They're not getting two entries, three entries, four entries, where eventually they kick the goal. So the ball is then getting past halfway. And they're not defending as well in the midfield. There was a, a shot of Brayshaw last week allowing Garcia goal side and he sort of wanted to get the ball himself in mm, a big position. But... Tackles inside their forward 50. Yep. If I'm Simon Goodwin, I'm saying we need to get back to that because the rot started pretty much this Fremantle game would have been eight or nine weeks ago now. Before that, they hadn't lost a game. So Sydney and Fremantle beat them up around the footy. Um, and since then, they've been chasing their tail. So quite easy. Simon Goodwin, we need to tackle inside forward 50, keep the ball in there because they'll get enough inside forward yep. 50s. It's just how often they keep it That's in there. That's an effort and mindset thing as you... It is. Yes, anyway. It is. And they've got the players to do it. A little bit of about where your high forwards in yep. particular, how yep. far they get up. And if they get up too far, then they can't get back to actually apply the pressure when the ball hits the ground. But then there's a responsibility on someone like a Ben Brown too that not only can he mark it here, but there's a responsibility he then plays his role when the ball hits the ground yep. their tools, right? Yep. Which I don't think they're doing well either. So, BJ, who wins this game and who's important? Uh, who, to... oh, well, I think it's a flip of the coin, to be honest. So it's Mark hard. suggests that as well. Yeah, so it's hard. Melbourne, you know, narrow loss last week. Um, you'd say their form's, you know, OK. But at, at what point? They need to get going. So you highlighted that if they lose this and they're potentially out of the top four if a few other things work against them. So, and it's 
it's kind of uncharted waters for them where they've been the last two years and they've they've, they've had that. What's five of their last eight? They've had that feeling of being comfortable where they're at, knowing you know, they're going to top four, double chance, all that kind of thing. So there's a lot on the line. As, as we know, the Fremantle, it's getting quite tight there and also at the bottom of that uh, kind of three or four spots at the bottom. If you have of the look eight. over the big games the last few years, Christian Petrarca has always stood up for them, whether it was the grand final or the last time they played the Bulldogs earlier on in the season where he had 39. So the last time he played Fremantle, he had 10 disposals, which was a career low. Yes, he had the flu that night, and they thought maybe he's not right to play. He played, so now he has to wear that, and he understands that last time he played against them. So over the last 24 months, he has been a wonderful footballer, and uh, footballers understand when they're played poorly against the mm. side or whether they've had multiple runs against the side where they haven't played well. So he'll remember that, and he'll be embarrassed by that performance for two reasons. The fact that he probably shouldn't have played when he did, and then when he went out there, he couldn't get the job done. So he's a wonderful young man, and he'll be sitting there going, I just have to have an impact in this game. This game is about the midfield beating up on Fremantle. Clayton Oliver's going to be in there. Jack Vine is going to be in there. I've got to do my job. Yep. I've got to do my job the best of my ability. I've got to win the stoppages. I've got to push forward. And I've got to kick goals. So it is a big job for Christian Petrarca. But I think he holds the key. And I think he gets 25 and 30 disposals. Now, somebody whose name's been floating around a lot at the moment because of contract talk. That's Rory Lobb. He's dying his hair. He's being noticed at the got moment. Got some new chompers too, yeah. by the way. Has he got some chompers? Oh, he? absolutely. Yeah, Just absolutely. pick up on that next time. Oh. Okay, well, how's he going to be going? Is, is there uh, well, a match up for him? Obviously, the Melbourne defenders are so good. Yeah, and he didn't play last week, so didn't travel back home in Perth. But I think without him there, Fremantle struggle because then the reliance is on Matt Tabernard. So then he gets the best defender. I think he's a better player when he gets the second or third uh, defender from the opposition. And then Nathan Feist not there to actually add, uh, you know, a third element and 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 you know a worry for the opposition because regardless of the form Nathan Fife has been in, you have to respect him because he could get off the chain at any moment. So then he gets arguably the second, first or second best defender. So Rory Logg comes in. I think that helps with their structure, makes Tabernara a better he's player. He's an awkward matchup, Lob. Yeah, that's right. And I think he's someone, if Stephen May went to, he's not the sort of player that Stephen May would like to play on because he's that awkward, unconventional style player. And Rory Logg, he him. should be kicking two plus, three plus goals in this game. Yeah. So as good as Melbourne defence is, and it'll be interesting to see how they deal with them, uh, and I didn't watch much of the game last week with the Bulldogs and what they did, but we talked about on this show about making Melbourne defenders accountable, which they clearly did, but there was a high-scoring game. But whether Freeman will take that approach and it turns into more of an open kind of style of game, or do they get back to, back to your point about in the coach's box, do Melbourne get back to that real ruthless defensive mentality, which will make it harder for yeah. Fremantle to score, and does Fremantle, which we saw their first half of the year, when they played their best footy against the best teams, that was their backbone. They've dropped is off the, the same their defense And their yeah. forward pressure. Well, that's it. At the start of the season, both very low-scoring sides. That was the highest score that Melbourne had against them last week in 55 games or mm. something yeah. like that. So is it going to be a more defensive mindset for them? For Melbourne, do you think? I think they. Well, I think. Yeah, I think it needs to be to get back to their best footy. Because yeah. you know, leading in the finals, I think there was stats shown over the last week about the teams that have done well and gone on to win the premiership and their form leading into finals yeah. is really important. So that's where Melbourne and a couple of the other teams, you know, Fremantle too, draw last week. I think their last win came three weeks ago against St Kilda. Uh, but they need to get going too. too. Well, Nathan's <laughs> favourite segment because it's all about him. Then Brownlow. Brownie's Brownlow. <laughs> The Brownlow tracker, here it is. Now, I've got Andrew Brayshaw on top, but what I want you to notice is 
how tight it is at the top. So you've got Petrarca, Lockie Neal, Clayton Oliver, Patrick Cripps, all within a few votes of each other. Jeremy Cameron, he's had a big year and he's had the most three votes of any player at the moment. So, um, Took Miller, I, I voted him really well last year, but he didn't get the votes that I had him down for. So I voted him a little bit harder this year. Other people have Took Miller coming second. I think he's second in the coaches' vote. Sam Walsh obviously started the season slowly. Nick Dacos's last seven weeks and then you've also Chad got Longmire. Chad Warner as well in there. So there's a few players in there, but at the moment, Andrew Brayshaw on top. But only a couple of votes clear of fifth spot which is Paddy Cripps. Good, and obviously they're playing against each other, so it could separate those two at the top. You picked an $81 winner last year. I did. Eight. At the start <laughs> of the season. Of course you did. So who, Just not on tape. who do you see out of that lot? Uh, I, I still like uh, Clayton Oliver, to be honest. I, I think the, the patch that he was, the form was in before he broke his hand, I'm going to say for about four to six weeks. For mine, for memory, he was, he was like... Outstanding. Outstanding, including yeah. best on ground in most games they played. And I think there was a couple of losses in there, but he was clearly the best player for Melbourne. Ask you a question. He had 43 touches against Collingwood. Yeah. They lost that game. Mm-hmm. Does he get three votes even though they lost the game? Was it a close? What did they lose by? Well, it was about 20 odd points in the end. I think Possibly. Collingwood dominated late and, yeah. and, and kicked clear late. So I was probably hard on him in that game. I've only got him for a two. two. Well, he caught quite easy to get a three. Yeah. But if that happens three or four times, if there's then no the standout for out. Collingwood as well, because you've got to keep in mind that. I'm led to believe the umpires look at stats yep. at half-time. To, and so They're they, not meant to, are they? Well, it's on the screen. Yeah, it's on the screen, but they see stats. But um, if there's no standout from Collingwood, then they revert back to the stats and try and get an idea and feel for who plays well. Then I think he's every Let chance to get three, three, three in we'll that, game. that game. So for me, Clayton Oliver, and he, that's those six weeks I'm talking about, may have set him up to win the brown line. Yeah. Dacos had 33. My kick four. Yeah. So there's yeah. a few there. But I, I like Clayton Oliver. Clayton Oliver, I like it. Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Uh, Port Adelaide, they're obviously outside the eight at the moment, but they still mathematically at this point. It's a big danger game for is, Collingwood. It is, and they've like won nine Port. on the trot, but by such small margins, they haven't they? They can't keep doing that, can they? No. Well, they're learning, aren't they? <laughs> they're not learning how to... Well, Port Adelaide were great. Uh, they started yeah. slightly last week, but they were really good against Geelong. Uh, and I just think they've got the balance forward and back Port Adelaide to worry them. So Marshall, Dixon's playing good football. Finlayson in the Dixon, ruck. Like, Dixon's a bit of a ruck kind of forward yeah. with Finlayson. Uh, and... So that's you don't want that moving forward for your future. So they need a ruckman, Port Adelaide. But at the moment, they're playing good football. Dixon's third quarter last week was outstanding. And I just think it wouldn't be the worst thing if Collingwood had a loss at the moment. They've got a tough run home, so I don't think they want to drop this one because they want to play top four. But this looms as a big danger game. And look... I'm going to take the line. I'm keen to back Port Adelaide, but I'm just going to go safety and I'm going to take Port Adelaide at the line. Port Adelaide at the line? At so the you line. think it's going to be well, another win maybe for Collingwood by less than a, a goal? No, that's not happening. They can't keep doing it. So I, you, think you think I think Port... they're due, due for a loss. They arguably should have had it last week. Then you go back uh, two, three weeks ago against North Melbourne. North just weren't good enough to get up over them. So they've, they've had a couple of lulls, but they're coming up against a better team where they can't afford to, to have that uh, lull, and particularly in games when they dominate the first quarter against Essendon, then go unseen for two and a half quarters, bob up, rally late, and obviously win with a kick yeah. after the siren. But I, I just think a young team, they've been up for a long time, the pressure of you know winning, was it now nine in a row? Like I think... The pressure release, like you said, as much as they want to keep winning because of their position in the eight, but I think that would be a good thing to actually let one. Ash Johnson's slip. had a couple of good weeks. He threw in the first quarter last week and he was on fire. They kicked six uh, goals, 37 points. I had to lead. look up who Ash Johnson, 
was yeah. when, he's, when he's kicked a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he kicked two the first week he played, kicked three last week, had a shot late, didn't kick it, gave one off as well. So he could have quite easily kicked four or five. And obviously Todd Marshall. So looking at Ash Johnson to kick another two and Todd Marshall to kick two plus. So if you're going to have your same penalties, I'd be putting Todd Marshall in there. He's in good form at the moment. Sydney and GWS, the battle of the bridge. It's probably the least spoken about, or maybe Q Clash a little bit less than that. But this is obviously a massive game for Sydney. They're trying to push into that top four as well, and they should be able to get the win here, Brownie. Yeah, they're very short, Sydney, really short. I can't get them as short as what they are, but I, I think GWS have been allowing scores. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're kicking more than 14 and a half goals, and they've had some forward fill-ups the last few weeks. So you look at that, Connor Rose, and these are all mid-range players outside Kerno. So some yep. fours, some threes. So where do you land? When you think of Sydney, obviously Buddy is the main one down there that you think about, but I just think Isaac Heaney. Cleaney. Yeah, he just matches up well in this one. So Isaac Heaney for three plus for me, Georgie, in this game. And Robbie Fox, um, a lot of people would know who Robbie Fox is, but he's been around the traps for a while. Um, I'm not sure that they've changed his role uh, to bit. The last three weeks, 23, 24, 25, and he's a pretty good price to get that 25 plus again. So uh, just keep an eye on Robbie Fox. I'm not saying back him, but I think at that price, I'll be taking him for 20 plus. Chad Warner, he has been absolutely brilliant this back half Mm -hmm. of the year, hasn't he? Maybe one of the most biggest improvements of well, the you, season. Yeah, you can probably say the most improved player yeah. uh, of the year. And probably he's been getting the, the plenty last, of the ball and he's getting weeks. on the scoreboard as well. That's right. We talked about him last week, I think, uh, on the show about his ability to, to not only uh, get uh, get the footy, get possessions, but then hit the scoreboard, which he manages to do, whether it's in a stoppage and congestion, but finds a way to get forward and kick goals. So his last four weeks we've just seen there have been outstanding. Remember, uh, they're playing the SCG. So the ground being a bit smaller, so maybe just keep that in mind when you're looking for disposal market. Yep. And the, maybe the 25 plus, there's not too many guys, unless it's a real uh, dominating game or heavily one-sided. But both teams don't have a lot of guys getting over 25 possessions. Yeah, there's a good record at the SCG. The Lizard. The Lizard. Mm-hmm. Blakey. So that's where the halfbacks half last week came through yep. from myself. Blakey, uh, Brody Smith, uh, 20 plus had them for. But the, the, the halfbacks and backs in particular, again, get a bit more of the footy because they don't, have as much space through the middle so, of the ground. So halfbacks and backs get more and midfielders get less, yes. you think? Yes, so because they bypass the midfield, they don't have to play or be that link between the backs and the, and the forwards. It's the lizard. Do that again. No. <laughs> that, that was That disturbing. was so strange. <laughs> just, uh, bet with the middle of the ground. last week. I obviously got up. I'm still undefeated in that. $1.37 winner, well I think. Well done, George. Congratulations. $1.34, sorry, for Hawthorne to get the win. It's back to you, BJ, who's not had such a great record, but you think that you can get one. Here. My bet's with me. It's back with me. So there's... A bit of pressure after your stellar performance last week, but I'm going to go with Sydney. So uh, we say 20%. I'm sticking safe. So bang I'll take on, pretty much. Well done. Bang on. $1.19. So I don't see, like you said, GDFS don't have the firepower. They're not playing good enough footy. Teams are scoring heavily against them. Their midfielders will get plenty of the ball like they do most weeks, being GWS, but uh, I just think Sydney should be too strong. Yep. Yeah, and the price reflects I that. I agree with that. Yep. I'd be... <laughs> Amazed if this didn't get up. Here we go. There we go. Here Watch we go. this. Lost a fair few this year, but I'd, I would be absolutely amazed if this doesn't get up. Watch this lose now you. because BJ yeah, is on it. We're going to get to the talked it up and you trend is your friend. Yeah, make me feel good about it, and then you just cut me down next week um, when they lose. We'll get to the rest of the Saturday and Sunday games just on the other side of this one. Now, Value Hunters, 20-plus disposals, first of all. 
and then on to the next page. Obviously, where I made my name, 25 oh. plus disposers. Taylor Walker for me, along with Aaron Norton. I just think he's good value to kick a goal at any time. At dollar 49. Hawthorne to get the win here against mm. North Melbourne. A dollar 68. I'm happy with. We've got him down as 20, 25 plus. His last four weeks has been as good as anyone in the competition. Burton, couple of games where he's been right on the 20. He has to deliver, and he has. He has been huge. But speaking of some small forwards, though, Charlie Cameron, he's very well. They represent some value through the midfield. I'm expecting Paddy Cripps to bounce back. I'd say he's a solid decision maker. Out of every player that's been in the centre bounce this year, he's got the highest percentage of clearances from a centre bounce. Jack Steele, 25 plus disposals for St Kilda, I think it's a pretty good bet. I'll start because I've got a four leg mouldy to start with. And my mate, Stephen May. And Nick Blake in Brody Smith. $50 play, Hawks, Brisbane, and Carlton to get the win. Collingwood, 1 to 39, going against you guys. I think that they have a lot to play for and a lot to prove at the moment, so I like them. Good ticks, well that done. That would be $37, that yeah, one. Yeah, 25 at, on, on $2.30, uh, thank yeah. you. Do it's your maths. What's that? A lot of green ticks, though, wasn't there? Nah. We, all had a, we all had a good week. So you get the 25 if mm. it's a $2. Win, you then win 50. I guess your stake. Yep, ignore me. Uh, but I would like to point out that I did say I'll go against that's the, you. That's 1530 now. <laughs> ignore me. I'm going to get back into this. St Kilda in Hawthorne. Uh, St Kilda, again, trying to do anything to we'll get into the top eight. We'll win. Told you they'd win last week. You did, but it's a danger game again. Will they make finals? Uh, Will they? For memory, spot. I haven't checked in a few weeks, but they run homes. Tough. So they've got Hawthorne. I think they've got a couple of tough ones coming This is the, the winnable one, but yep. it's a danger game. I, I love what Hawthorne are doing, what they're building. and They were very good last week against a pretty ordinary opposition, which was North Melbourne. But there's value afoot when you look at Hawthorne and their ball winners. So let's have a look. Scrimshaw, last three weeks, he's had 20-plus disposals. Blake Hardwick, 32-1 game. He's still at $1.89. And then I like Dylan Moore. And John Newcomb, I can't understand why John Newcomb is still a great price for 25-plus when you look at the numbers he's putting up at the moment. 25, 28 and 30 the last three weeks. So James Sicily is always the multi-anchor. Every game this year, what have we played? 18 now that he's played. Every game he's had 20-plus disposals. Mm. Takes the kickouts. And if he doesn't take the kickouts, Blake Hardwick kicks him out to him and then gets it back. So he's a multiple possession player and he's taken more contested mark intercepts than any other player in the competition. So not only does he mark it on his own, but he is a tough player who mm -hmm. contested marks at intercept. They don't grow on trees, George, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Shocking. No. Uh, Geelong and Western Bulldogs. <laughs> this is down in Geelong. Geelong, <clears throat> their hand is well and truly up for winning the flag this year, particularly how Melbourne's form has been. They should get the win down there, but Western Bulldogs have improved and we're seeing more... Western Bulldog style play now. Yeah, we are, but they're, they're still leaving. I think the opposition, or they're giving the opposition too every chance, of... but a you know, bit of too much leniency. But they are outscoring them. But at the end of the day, that's what you need to do, right? Yeah. Kick more goals in the opposition, you win. So last week they would have a lot of confidence scoop. after yeah. last week. Their, uh, their form is trending. So uh, <clears throat> and Geelong, keep in mind they've been up for a long time. So yes, it is down in Geelong, which is always tough. Big home ground advantage, crowd, size of the ground, all that kind of thing. But I, I think Bulldogs are a small chance, but I'm, I'm still going to stick with Geelong because of their form. 
the experience of the group, it's a bit different with uh, than Collingwood because they're a young group and it's tougher to stay up Last for that 15 long. 15 in a row, they've beaten the Bulldogs down there. Yeah, so it's a big ask for Western nice. Bulldogs, but they're training in the right direction. But uh, a man that you love and you've been on all year is still Bailey Dale, but his value brownie is probably Yeah, the value's not there. not there. So at the start of the year, you're getting two bucks for Bailey Dale to have 25, and then you were getting $1.70, and we liked that. But uh, round 17, he was tagged by Ryan Clark, so he had a low game there. But it's just been so consistent. And the other good thing about Bailey Dale is he does take the kickouts. And he's not a player who chips the ball sideways. You see a lot of players with um, high efficiency who chip the ball sideways. He's actually the number one long kick player to advantage. Uh, they're the hardest kicks to have efficiency my, in. I had him as my best kick in the I was AFL. about to ask yeah. that. Is he the best kick in the AFL? <clears throat> uh, I think if he's there, not. He's yes. clearly in the top three. In he's, the on the, he's on the dais. Yeah, he's on the dais. I think, um, I reckon Zach Tui is up there as well yeah. in the top three. Maybe but uh, be backing him. Well, the, the big question for the dogs is how do they stop Jeremy Cameron? So we sat here well, seven or so weeks ago and we thought that Jeremy Cameron was going to have a fill-up when he played them last time at Marvel. He kicked four in the first quarter, finished up with six and was the difference between the two sides in a game where the Geelong Footy Club bounced out of the blocks, the dogs got them back and then it was Cameron in the end. So I, I don't see who goes to him. I don't see how they, how they get the job done. So if it's not him... It's Tom Hawkins, um, and that that that's the crux of the game. Mm. Holding either one of those two, or potentially both. We know that Melbourne held them both pretty well the last time, but um, outside that, they they weren't able to score. So um, Geelong for me with Jeremy Cameron. Well, Hawkins last Hawkins. week too, yeah. wasn't it? That bobbed up when yeah. Jeremy still kicked three, I think, but yeah. it was and rel- set a few up. Yeah, and then Hawkins bobs up in the last quarter and kicks a couple to win them yeah. the game. So. The old dual threat, but you're right. Gardner and Keith, I just don't think... Apparently they're going after Rory Lobb. I don't get it. I don't get why they wouldn't be going after a big key defender. Well, you said as well earlier in the season that Tom Hawkins plays better down in Geelong. I yep. mean, there's obviously years of playing down there and Jeremy Cameron plays better than MCG. Would that mean you'd be more leaning into Hawkins in this game? Yeah, I think so. I think so. At deep, he plays it so well, but it doesn't mean that they can't both, both do it. fill their boots. Yeah, I think it's a matter of whoever has Gardner... I think is probably trying to expose him and get him the deepest, isolate him more, and then whoever's got Keith, get him up the ground a little bit because I think Keith's a lot more comfortable and better defender when he's that that last yeah. line of defence, got everything up in front of him, get him up the ground. Jeremy Cameron, try and turn him around, expose him, and then whoever has Gardner. I'll tell you what, the difference Bailey Smith makes in that midfield. Um, when he was out, yeah, they've got some players that get on the end of the footy. Bont's one of them. Um, Liberatore, you've got Jack McRae. Uh, but Don't you've got nobody like Bailey Smith. I don't think anybody in Not the a league line breaker, has like. a Bailey Smith. Like the, the, the way he breaks the lines, I mean, he only has to do that two or three times a game and it can change the complexion mm. of the game. And then all of a sudden they've got to start thinking, okay, do we have to stop him? And then that brings other players into the game. So being a line breaker like that is so important. And if you can do that at Geelong, particularly with how long that ground is, you think of sides that have been successful. They've been able to take the ground in front of them and then draw Geelong players to them and then get over the top. So you can do that two ways. You can either run with the footy like he does or you can kick your way through it. So as much as they can get Bailey Smith running with the football, then they're a chance. Well, he basically got them into a final last year. Yep. Um, he was so brilliant in the finals. Pam, Pam, would have quick line, would have he made All-Australian had he not had his four weeks out? 
I believe he would have, yeah. Would've. He was on track to make yep. all Australian. Oh, look, he still could make all Australian. He's still got four to five games to go. Um, I think the indiscretion, though, yep. might count against him <laughs> in... Put a line through him, you yeah. reckon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you think that so? Comes Plus four I weeks think, I think it would. The indiscretion, if it's it was an injury... It's sort of best and fairest. So if he did his calf and he missed four weeks, he came back and played these two weeks like he did, um, I think... You yes, because he, he, of the would, he would start to be in the um, in the conversation here. because it was that indiscretion, and you've missed those games because of that. Then mm. I think that comes into it. It probably shouldn't, but I think I it think does it in should. people's heads. You reckon it does? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we I can't speak for anybody. Can ask you, mate, on the Cornsy. panel. I will. I'll ask Cornsy. No, good discussion. Into, your mate. Your Ad- Adelaide and Carlton. Rory Sloan said this week that he thinks Adelaide will make finals next year. I think that might be pushing <laughs> it, but they have been challenging sides this year. They're taking on Carlton at home and they always well, you, are a better side at home. Yeah, you can't say no, they won't. Because you look at Collingwood this year, most yeah. people expect the Collingwood to finish in the bottom four, yet here they are. They're yeah. in the top four. So somebody every just, year jumps up. I just, I just don't understand why he'd say that, though. Like, yeah, I understand from a PR, marketing point of view, selling hope you to the members. They're struggling at the minute to, to find another win. Like, why, why would you... Why would the you pressure on the kids. put the pressure on yourselves and on the mm. footy club and the players? And, and the coach. And people don't forget, right? So and yeah. members don't forget. So when they come up next year and, you know, all things being equal, that they, they struggle, then, you know, he's going to be reminded that you told us that we're going to make finals and we're on the right track. And I just... I just yeah. I don't think you need to do that as well. Have as a been putting pressure on sides, though. What would yeah, you? they're a good pressure side, but um, they pick and choose when they do do that pressure. So mm. a few weeks ago against Hawthorne, they're pretty ordinary. Um, most stoppage side in the competition. So when you when you uh, total up all the stoppages, Adelaide have had the most stoppages. So they're a high stoppage side. When you look at Carlton, they're the number two scores from stoppages. The Bulldogs are number one. Right, so sure. this right. plays into Carlton's hands. If there's Stat many brain. stoppages. Carlton will beat Adelaide at the stoppages because they're just too good in there, and then they'll probably score off that because they do have those two big tall uh, tall forwards um, to make the most of those stoppages. So if I'm looking at players this week with the most stoppages, who am I looking at? I'm looking at Paddy Cripps. I'm looking at Sam Walsh, and I'm looking at the players that, like a a Matthew Kennedy, who get a lot of ball from the stoppages. Do you think it will be amplified, the amount of... Disposals. Yep. Because of the amount of more stoppages. More stoppages. More stoppages. Yeah. So we're looking at more thirty the outside. Getting more thirty as opposed to twenty. Paddy Cripps twenty five plus thirty plus. There's Sam no, Walsh. There's no 30, value 30. for twenty plus for Walsh or Cripps. No. Is it? Or Sam Cripps. Walsh is starting thirty plus. I think he's a dollar thirty to get thirty plus. So there's not a lot of value there either because he does it every week pretty much. But Paddy Cripps, there's still value at thirty plus. I think he was two eighty five last week. And uh, Charlie Kerno, he's put his hand up. Well, he probably you'd assume will be winning the Coleman. He's five ahead at the moment. There's only a few more rounds to play. I think him or Mackay is the more important forward at Carlton. I think they need each other and they complement each other well because they're different types of players. There's no player that can do what Charlie Cameron does, apart from maybe Jeremy Cameron. I was going to say, Kerno's more of a Cameron type, so he's mobile. We've heard about his ability to run and his But he can mark it contested-wise as well. He can jump over a pack. He can mark it with somebody on him, so stand and deliver, and he can get it off the ground. So... He can get the ball and kick goals three ways, which not many players yeah. can. Jeremy Cameron's one. Jeremy Cameron's not a great contester mark over his head, so Charlie Kerno's got him in that facet. Yeah. yeah. So yes. then that's why they compliment. So he, so he can get up the ground, use his athleticism, lose his opponent, find space, get back to goal. Although we've seen he play the deepest as well, but I think Mackay is more suited to that anchor, mm. like yeah. a Tom Hawkins, where he's got 
you know, the size, strength, good one-on-one, -on -one, holding space, and then he's able to get the ball in the lead. So they, they complement each other really well. It's nice to see Charlie Kerno not injured and be able to play mm, at the great. standard that we expected of him. Gold Coast and West Coast. Gold Coast have given it a crack this year. You think they'll be missing the eight. West Coast, I don't see them winning. It's rumbling. They had a good little patch, West Coast, a few weeks back, but yeah. I feel like they're dropping off again um, towards the end of the season. So Gold Coast, 40-plus. Yep. Oh, that's a big win. That's a big win. 40 plus. 40 plus. <laughs> what do you think? Gold Coast 40 I think Gold Coast win there. I don't do you think, think 40 no... plus? Would you uh, be going that? Touch, touch and go. That's a, that is a good, healthy win. But um, West Coast have to turn up occasionally. Again, they were poor last week, I think, for the last three quarters. Um, Your man Tim Kelly got tagged and had four disposals. Absolutely got smashed. And his he opponent did. had 23. So Windhager. So That's a good performance by Windhager. Yeah, it is. And uh, Gold Coast don't tag. Yeah, such. The, value, the value's run, in Tim Kelly this run week. With, so I was going to say the value is Tim Kelly because he'll want to respond. Being talked about on other shows in the media, in the paper, got tagged. And you know as a player that when you get tagged, it's a, it's a tough day, mind you. Yeah. Mm. But you want to respond. It's a long day. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah, a, you can either... it's a very long day. And by the looks of it, he didn't get much help. So he'll bounce back this <laughs> week. So the value's with Tim Kelly for 20, 25 plus. Four disposals. Though. Four. Oh, a <laughs> oh, look at me. You never had four disposals, did you? Well, your, what, what was your lowest? The different tally? being a forward getting four disposals. Yeah, he probably had he probably had four I, kicks I, and I, I, three goals or four. Kicks. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I got tagged once uh, by Simon Godfrey, and I'm not I'm not even sure I got the four. <laughs> you got donuts. <laughs> you got donuts. No, no, no. It was about. I think I gave away more 50 metre penalties than what I did have possessions that day. Huge. Wow. That way. Very good. I love that Sunday games and the very very great hundred dollar play on the other side of this. Hello, welcome back to In The Back Pocket. It was this time last week, Nathan, that you went and did the lookalike between BJ and what was that Joey... guy's name? Yeah, Joe Pesci. Well, it wasn't you. Did you see that he... It was back of house. You then stole that and put it on uh, another one of your footage. Why did you brought that up, George? Did I steal it? Or did the producers come and say, can we do that, BJ? You, you uh, want to regurgitate some content from the sports bet crew. Yeah. Did you tell, him, did you tell them where it came from and uh, the idea? Yeah, I claimed it, it as my own, let's be honest. <laughs> I wasn't going on there saying it was anybody else's. <laughs> and owned it too on, yeah. on live. Uh, yeah, and got a good laugh out of it too. Yeah, yeah as always, as always. Nathan, I'm glad John I'm in the, the back. Thank you for everything mate. you do. Richmond and Brisbane, a huge game here. Richmond huge. could be in the top four, but instead they're going to be sitting potentially finishing ninth where they're potentially that's, so that's their home isn't it ninth spot you would know that quite well nathan but they're playing Brisbane, who's <laughs> 40, <laughs> 40 15. uh very good but you're right it's 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 a big game we talked about it brandy you touched it with melbourne uh the ramifications for losing that brisbane in the same boat and i think it's more concerning for brisbane because if they don't finish top four then i can't see them one their form because they don't deserve and we talked about it before the form leading in the finals but i don't they I can't see them winning. They need a deep home in the finals, an outside final. Being an outside uh, the top four and having to travel. Um, yeah, they had their chance. All, all things falling in, in line for them and in favour of them uh, last year, two years ago. COVID playing up there. In, they probably weren't ready then, though, but they should be ready now. And That's a home right, prelim be, but now they might not be. is what they need. Yeah, yep. this is what they need. So, big, big game. Uh, for not only Brisbane, but Richmond as well in the whole scheme of things, sitting 10th, still uh, a chance to make finals just behind St Kilda in ninth spot. So um, 
I think one of the key matchups uh, for Brisbane, that, and they need to look after with no Lynch still being out, it's, it's still Jack Rewalt and uh, Shea Bolton are the two concerns. And for me, I think Stasevic then has to go to, who's turned himself into a great, great uh, lockdown defender. Did the job on Rankin last week. Yep, and, and finding more of the footy too, so having an impact um, when his team win the ball. So. Stasevich then goes to Bolton, so that has to be number one priority. So particularly when he's a forward, he does float up, come up to the stoppages and spend a little time as a mid, so he can't really go within them. I think Stasevich is purely just a, a defender, but when he is forward, Stasevich goes to him and that's the number one priority. Um, and a thing that Brisbane have been exposed uh, by, probably in the back end of the year in particular, is the opposition scores from stoppages. So as good as they can be from stoppages Brisbane, I feel like they're playing a bit of like Russian roulette, so if we win it, you know, we're off to the races, we look good, you know, we're likely to score. But then if the opposition win it, they've been walking out of stoppages and scoring heavily from stoppages. So they've got to find a better balance between attack and defence. So um, if I was Brisbane and I'm in the coach's box, I'd put it on the midfielders, in particular Neil, uh, to find a better balance. Uh, McCluglidge is spending more time in there. Uh, there's a third rotation line in there. Uh, they need to find a better balance and minimise the scores from opposition. I think they give themselves the best chance because they can, they're one of the teams that can move the ball and have proven move the ball from defence in general play and score from the back half and move the ball quite freely. Speaking of one of those midfielders you spoke about, huge McCluggage, and he has huge. been huge. We showed him last week, still at a good price for 25 plus and an any time goal. Have a look at that 33, 27, 26, 29, 29, and 25 has been outstanding. As much as I like him, I love Nick Vloston too because you're getting just as much value out of Nick Vloston because he's only been below 20 disposals once this year. Mm -hmm. He does it week in, week out. Here you go, Nick Vloston. If you want a consistency, there it is right there. Um, and Charlie Cameron looms large if they want to win this game because normally he gets Dylan Grimes and Dylan Grimes does a pretty good job on him. Is he in the right form at the moment, Grimes, to take Charlie Cameron? But I'd be starting at two plus goals at a minimum. Worth noting, Richmond have won eight of their nine games <laughs> this year at yep. the MCG. That's... Brisbane don't play well there. Richmond, um, they haven't won They've only won one in the last five weeks. That was at the MCG. So they've lost two and drawn one at Marvel. Lost one up at Metricon. So back at the MCG, they'll feel at home and I think they win. Yeah. And Brisbane are aware of their record because I think it was stated a couple of days ago that they're keen to rectify their record at the MCG. And that makes it even harder, back to my point, is that if they don't have the home finals, they have to travel, whether it be interstate or here in Victoria, that if they play at the MCG mm. in a final, their record yeah. just does not stack up. And that, as much as they say they don't want to talk about it, it'll be in the back of the mind. 100% it will be. Well, Essendon and North Melbourne. Essendon coming in at the moment like we expected them to come into the season. They're playing North Melbourne, so they should get the win there. Should. They should, but who knows this season, but by how much? Well, I think they do a number on North Melbourne. I was really disappointed with the way they turned up against Hawthorne last week. And Essendon will still be on a mini high. I know that they lost the kick after the siren, but playing good footy for yeah. the last six, and they probably should... Well, they should have beaten the yep. Pies. Dylan Scheel, uh, his last seven games have been really good, particularly since what happened in Sydney. So that, this is ever since then. 90% of the time he goes into the centre bounce clearance, he wins the stoppage. So he's the number one centre bounce clearance player in the competition. And by a long way, when you stack them up, how many he's had and how many times he's been in there, the percentage is huge. I think 19%. I think the next best is in the 15. So he's 4% above any other player. What would have you said to him? He obviously, his form at the start of the year was nowhere near what they were expecting. Mm. After the bye, he's come out completely different. What do you think they've uh, said to him or yeah, what's he we, we done Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. I think there was a, re there was a response and he was quite ashamed well, and, and embarrassed from the Sydney incident. And uh, again, we 
the incident being Parker. We, we didn't see any incident that he should be ashamed of. But yeah. I think there's been more of a focus, particularly with their mids at Essendon, around the pressure on the ball, their ability to hunt the ball um, when the opposition do win it. And I, I, I talked about it a little bit last week that I can clearly see a different intent from him when the opposition win it. So when he doesn't win it, his ability then to get after the opposition, pressure them, which then makes it easier for, you know, down the field for his defenders and yeah. all that. But by doing that and having that mentality, then he's getting more possessions, the second and third phase of the stoppages, post-clearance uh, stoppages or possessions. I think there's a stat for and how they word it, but his ability is to hunt the ball. And so it comes down to work rate and intent. So I think there's been a big shift, not only with him, but with all the other midfielders. Darcy Parrish has been injured, but Zachy Merritt, uh, Hobbs, who's been going through there, there's been a real shift in their mentality. Last piece of the puzzle for Dylan Shield is to use the ball a bit better, and then he becomes a bona fide, really good midfielder. Bailey Scott, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that with the change of coach, meant more opportunity. So he's had 26 disposals the last two weeks. Have a look at what he is for 25-plus this week. Wow. He's done it the last two weeks. He's six, six bucks. Six bucks. Value hunters. Valley Hunters. That's what they Why are. Was he, he up there? Was he up there? They hunt Valley. Hey? He wasn't in He's only done it the last two weeks. Oh. So he should be. But that was what, conveniently week. when the change Take the hope. price this week. If he gets 25 plus again, it'll be under two bucks. That's it. That's because of the algorithm. <laughs> the algorithm. and You've not said that today. Well, the algorithm Shocking. and ma manual adjustments as well. Uh, let's go into the $100 play. So let's have a look at last week. A few green ticks from both, from all of us last week. Uh, Collingwood oh, 139 did get run. the win there actually, so that should be a green tick. Tick, 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 tick. Um, Bad luck, George. No, well, I, that was a 1 to 39 yep. win for Collingwood. Fix that one. Yep, that's fine. But look, we're, we're getting there and, you know, a win's a win. Liam Baker just couldn't find his way into the midfield playing half forward, thought he'd spend more time in there planning for him no. to do that. Didn't do it. Yeah, well, that's why the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Okay, my $100 play, uh, it's going to start yeah. on Friday night and Hayden Young, 20 plus disposals, he had 31 last week. James Sicily, he's done it 18 times in a row, couldn't see why he wouldn't do it again because the trend is your friend Georgie. Bailey Scott, 20 plus disposals, we just saw he's 25 plus so for $6, so I've taken him for 20 plus and then Bailey Dale, I've shown you the chart. You learnt from the chart, and he should get 25-plus again. So all 100 on that. <laughs> all 100? Uh, well, I'm kind of with you. I'm putting all 100 on uh, Port Power, Port Power, Port Adelaide, head-to-head. Mm, like head. So I think they're a massive chance. What we talked about before, Collingwood been up for a long time, young team. You know, emotionally, it would have taken a lot out of them last week or two, just the, the emotion of everything, the kick off the siren. But they're physically then just to push for that last quarter and rally and then find a way to win. They've done that too many times in the last four, four to five weeks, but I don't think they're, they're, uh, they'll do it again. But they're due for a big lull and they're playing a good opposition this week that are desperate and mathematically still a chance to make finals. You know what so you could have done? Port Adelaide 1 to 39. I don't think they can beat the Pies by 40 plus. So you get 265 at 1 to 39. Yeah. I'm Instead happy with my 2019, but thanks for your input, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like your, your logic yeah, there. It's a, it's a good way of thinking. My $100 play. I'm putting all 100 on one as well, just on Geelong and Carlton to get the win. So one of us is going to be $1.86. winning there. You don't go broke making money. Just a nice, safe one um, for me this week. Don't go broke making money. Yeah. Good one. You, well, you yeah. don't. That's it. Well, that'll do us here and in the back pocket. It's a wonderful show as always. We will hopefully see you next week. And if you are having a punt this weekend, make sure you do gamble responsibly. You know the score. Stay in control. Gamble responsibly.